Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Colonial Church Podcast. I'm Bob Appleby, one of the pastors at Colonial, and I just want to extend my thanks to Pastors Matt and Jill, not only for their tremendous leadership during this crisis, but also the privilege of them allowing me to be able to share with you today. Last week, God began working in my heart about the church and the challenges that we are facing today. Certainly, these are unique times in which we are living, and I believe that God is in control and that his love for people will be seen through the church. I've entitled my message, Light in the Tunnel. Most of us are familiar with the phrase, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's a statement that declares that in the midst of troubles and trials, there is hope that the end is near and that the troubles are nearly over. Obviously, the light grows brighter as we near the end of the tunnel, and that encourages us to press on because we're moving towards the light and we have hope. Today, I want to introduce a new concept, one that is called There is Light in the Tunnel. Why wait to get to the end? Why wait for troubles to cease? Why wait for the darkness to dissipate? As disciples of Jesus, we follow him, the light of the world, and we are light bearers ourselves. I would like for us to take a trip back about 3,000 years and look at how God's people were protected in the tunnel. Most of us remember that the nation of Israel was in captivity to the nation of Egypt for over 400 years. As slaves, they were treated by the Egyptians with cruelty and disdain. Simply put, the people of God were to do whatever their taskmasters told them to do and to tolerate any form of treatment. Egypt, of course, many people know, is a type of the world in the Bible. Well, the Hebrews cried out to God, and God sent Moses to Pharaoh and demanded that he release the Israelites so that they could be free to worship him. Of course, Pharaoh denied Moses, which led to God bringing ten plagues upon the nation of Egypt, culminating in the deliverance of God's people allowing them to be free. Let me just give you three quick observations. Number one, God is still God. He changes not, and the God of 3,000 years ago is the same God that we worship today. The people of God are always set apart from the world. God's people were always meant to be different. Their lives were to reflect the Creator so that others would come to Him. That's our second observation. And the third one is this. The blessing that God pronounced upon Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, has been extended to us because of Jesus. So we are blessed. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His people are unique, separate, different, set apart. We are blessed because of what Christ has done for us. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Two contrasting thoughts here. One is that we can have peace or we can have tribulation. And I'm sure most of us want the peace. And Jesus said that we can have peace when we are in him. I like what it says because other translations actually read, uh, not be of good cheer, but take heart or be brave. 
indicating that when tribulation comes, we can have the peace as we draw near to Jesus. How can Jesus promise peace to us like that? Even though that's another teaching in and of itself, it needs to be clear that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so he has peace to distribute. In this verse, the reason for us being able to have peace is because Jesus has overcome the world. He's already conquered it. And unless Jesus is in the center of all that we do, we will have a hard time experiencing his peace and his victory. Now, let's get back to the nation of Israel. They're about to be delivered from four centuries of slavery, and after eight plagues and an increasingly stubborn Pharaoh, God said that he would bring a plague of darkness. This is plague number eight. We find it in Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 through 23. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. It's amazing to think of the parallels even right now. Egypt is about to be plummeted into darkness, a darkness so thick, so dark, it could be felt according to God. In the world that you and I live in today, darkness has covered the earth. Fear is gripping the people of the world. People are looking to politicians, they're looking to doctors, they're looking for leaders for hope, and I understand that. But you and I will never really find the true hope outside of Jesus. And this is where we come in. Remember, I just read to you that God is bringing a plague, the eighth plague over the land of Egypt, a plague of darkness, in Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 through 23. The thing is, I didn't finish reading verse 23, and here's the rest of it. God said, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Now get that. Egypt, a type of the world, plummeted into darkness, a darkness so thick that they wouldn't get up for three days. They could feel the darkness. But in Goshen, where the children of Israel lived, they had light in their dwellings. Let that sink in for a minute. Darkness over all the land of Egypt except for one place, Goshen. Goshen is the city that Israel lived in while they were slaves. God had them live there, and more on that later. But can you imagine what the Egyptians were thinking? Certainly, they heard that there was light in Goshen. They were sitting in their homes for three days. Nobody even got up, so rumors got there that the Israelites had light. Their view and their value of God's people begins to turn as God brought plague after plague so that his people can be free. Now, Can you imagine what it must have been like for the people of God? They had light. Not only did they have light, but all the previous plagues skipped them because God had set them apart. You and I, as followers of Jesus, you and I, as the church of Jesus Christ, you and I, as children of God, are set apart. We have been adopted into God's family. We are forever forgiven. We are redeemed. We are children of God. All of this and more because of Jesus, who is the light of the world, and we are called lights as well. Ephesians 5.8, for you were once darkness, but now, now, now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And then to top it off, Paul said in Romans 13.12, put on the armor of light. 
So what does that mean for us today? I think it means that this is the time that God is calling us to shine, to be bright lights in a dark world. How does that actually look with quarantines and social distancing? I don't know, but I do know that God has given us the task to reach people with his love. The church has always been creative in times like these. The church has always stepped up and carried the church, and now it's our turn. Maybe for the next few weeks, church or ministry for you becomes your neighborhood or your workplace. After all, that's where he is. That's where he has us, strategically speaking. I don't exactly know what we can do, but I do know that the Holy Spirit has the answer. And the answer for every one of us could be a little bit different. The key is this. Our eyes need to be ever fixed upon Jesus and his word. The fear of the world is all over the place. I for one, plan on being informed, but not addicted to the news. I plan on walking in wisdom, but also refusing to put God to the test. Let's keep our eyes on our Creator. Let's move closer to Him. Let's ingest more of His Word and offer worship to Him more than ever. Then, I believe, we will see the fulfillment of what God wrote about in Isaiah chapter 60 in verse 2, where He says this, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. That's my prayer. Church, my prayer is that during the unsettling times like these, people will see God on us. People will experience light in the midst of darkness and hope in the midst of despair. After all, we have the promises of God. Listen to what God said in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. Jesus, his light, blazed out of darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. Let me say that again. The light of Jesus blazed out of the darkness, but the darkness could not put it out. No matter how dark it is outside, no matter how much fear there is out in the world, the darkness cannot put out the light. In Exodus chapter 8, God said this, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. In the land of Goshen, God's people were set apart from the havoc that was occurring throughout Egypt. They were protected, covered, and cared for by God. He was their shield and protector then. He is our shield and protector now. But I bet you would like to move to Goshen now, right? Well, you can, spiritually speaking. One thing I intentionally left out until now is this. God specifically directed his people to dwell in Goshen hundreds of years earlier. In Genesis chapter 45, verse 10, God says this, You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me. You shall be near to me. In the Hebrew, the word Goshen literally means drawing near. So while there is fear and quarantines and social distancing, let's just pack our bags and move to Goshen. You can do that right now. How? Remember, Goshen means drawing near, which means that when we are in a place of drawing near to God, we will be in our Goshen. So let's not wait for the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's be the light in the tunnel and watch what God will do. Praying for you and believing that the fulfillment of Philippians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 will be realized in your lives. And this is what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. 
You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Check that out. You will shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. People will see the light of God upon you. You will shine. You will be a light for the Lord as you hold firmly to the word of life. I am persuaded, Paul said, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, we love you, praying for you, believing for God's great grace to be upon you. I'd like to pray Psalm 91 over you right now and personalize it in a way that you can claim these promises. Father, as we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we know we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will say of you, God, you are our refuge and our fortress, our God. In you we will trust. Surely you will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You shall cover us with your feathers, and under your wings we shall take refuge. Your truth shall be our shield and buckler. We shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked. Because we have made the Lord, who is our refuge, even the Most High, our dwelling place, no evil shall befall us, nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. For you, God, will give your angels charge over us. They will keep guard and protect us in all of our ways. In their hands, they will bear us up, lest we dash our foot against a stone. We shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent we shall trample underfoot. Because, Father, we have set our love upon you, therefore you will deliver us. You will set us on high because we have known your name. We will call upon you and you will answer us. You will be with us in trouble. You will deliver us and honor us. And with long life, you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. Amen. Well, church, I want to encourage you to take this podcast, listen to it again, maybe share it with a friend and uh, give a booster shot to their faith during this time. Also, we want to let you know that we are here for you. If you need us for anything, please reach out to us. If you have prayer requests, send your prayer requests to prayer at colonialchurch.life. Again, we love you, we're praying for you, and we believe in you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.